Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life Wired podcast, and thank you guys for joining us on this Sunday, April 24th. We're super excited to dive into this concept on train smart, train hard as we enter into the summer seasons. Me and Christina are going to kind of give a background on some of the knowledge that we've picked up on over the years and really just help set you guys up for success as you lead into these warmer months with your fitness, nutrition, and overall health and wellness. But before we begin, Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. We believe that Athletic Greens is the simplest way for you guys to get all of the necessary daily vitamins and minerals in just one scoop. On top of that, you are getting the antioxidant level of 10 to 12 servings of fruits and vegetables. And you know, not many of us have the ability to get this amount of servings in a given day, so it's just a great way to fill in the gaps. And with our partner offer, you guys will get five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D and K2 with your order of Athletic Greens. So to dive into today's episode, train smart, train hard, we're going to first kind of start off by talking a little bit about the difference between, you know, working out and training. This is a concept that I, you know, personally talk a lot about on my social media. And, you know, what I really mean by this is showing up into the gym with intention, with a plan, with a program that you guys are following day in and day out. That is what I mean and define by training. You know, working out is when, you know, you, you know, pull up something from Instagram that you saved that you saw from a fitness influencer or from a coach or a trainer, you know, and you just go in the gym, kind of do what they do. Um, not a whole lot of attention, intention behind it. Or, you know, maybe you picked a free program online that you wanted to follow um, or a free, you know, workout progression that you're going to look for. And, you know, there's no real intention behind it. You know, you're kind of just showing up going through the motions randomly, Um, once again, not really tracking, you know, progressive overload, not really tracking how the volume's increasing or maybe the weight or the load is increasing. You guys are kind of just doing different things randomly day in and day out. That is the difference between, you know, working out and training. You know, Christina and I have learned over the years as coaches, but also just training ourselves, the importance of following a progressive program. And, you know, progressive overload, guys, is a wide umbrella. This can mean, you know, manipulating time under tension, manipulating tempo, manipulating the amount of load you're using, manipulating how long you're going for. So whether you're using a time circuit or you're chasing a certain amount of reps. Um, So you guys can manipulate this progressive overload in many different ways. It's not just, hey, let me increase my barbell RDL from week one to week two to week three to week four. You know, there's a whole lot of other ways that you guys can progressively overload in your training. So just understand that as you guys are navigating, you know, your own personal training, um, you know, if you guys are working out on your own, just know that there's levels to the way you can progressively overload. It's not just black and white. Yeah, and especially for people who are training at home, I heard that a lot in the past year of training clients that they're not able to have that progressive overload or PR because they only have a set amount of weights. Obviously, easy solution to get more weights, but also you can increase that progressive overload. I'll say like go slower on the way down, add pauses, add tempo, add more time under tension, or just increase the amount of sets and reps because progressive overload, like he said, there's many different factors that go into it, sets, reps, volume, and just the time that you are under tension, essentially. So that mind-to-muscle connection is really training with intention. You can do that in the gym or at home. And I love that Christina talks about you know how you guys can attack this with minimal equipment. I know a lot of you guys listening are you know 
have a have a wide spectrum of what you have access to. You know, some of you may only be using your body weight at home. Some of you may have access to a world class gym. And so I love that Christina talk, touches on this because whether you guys have your body weight, a couple dumbbells or a full gym, you can definitely still get the work done in the way exactly as she described. You know, add that tempo. If you guys are just using your body weight, I mean, one of the most difficult things I've ever done is, you know, a five rep push-up set where I'm controlling, you know, the eccentric phase as I lower to the ground. I'm pausing, you know, with my body hovering above the ground for, you know, three to five seconds and then going slow back as I lock out. And like, if you manipulate one rep throughout all three phases of motion, you know, the eccentric, the isometric and the concentric, you guys will be absolutely lit up. (laughs) So I'm telling you, like, there are so many ways to progressively overload your training, whether you just have access to a couple of dumbbells, your body weight, or a world-class gym. Just make sure you guys are tracking that progress, tracking, you know, making that that set and the amount of reps or that time segment a little bit more difficult than what you did prior. And, you know, a way that I personally like to track the intensity, you know, we're kind of going down that route with the conversation right now is, you know, really understanding overall intensity. You know, I say a lot of times, you know, on social media once again, but, you know, I'm just constantly preaching training hard. And and I by no means mean, you know, going to the gym, flip your body around, go crazy, do all this absurd shit, and then like leave yourself on the ground dying. That's not what I'm talking about when I mean train hard. When I say, you know, you guys need to be training hard, I mean you are completing reps at high at a high high level of intensity where you guys are fighting for every single rep throughout the full range of motion of that exercise, not cutting corners, and putting a high level of intensity and effort behind the exercise that you guys are performing. So personally, the way I like to gauge this with in-person clients, with online clients, even if I'm creating an online program, is by using RPE. And this stands for rate of perceived exertion. Now, a lot of you guys, you know, especially you former athletes out there or current athletes even who are utilizing a lot of percentage based uh, programming, you know, you're probably having someone track the percentages you're using on certain lifts. Now, I do like to use percentages. I personally like to use them, obviously, on, you know, bigger compound lifts like your deadlifts, your squats, um, your bench press. Uh, numbers, the numbers that you're going to be able to sustainably track on a larger, more compound movement where you're using multiple muscle groups. That said, you know, how do we account for some of those accessory exercises or auxiliary exercises? And so I think the best way of doing that is using rate of perceived exertion. And I still even use this on the compound movements as well because, you know, any of you guys who have trained for a long period of time, There's a lot of external factors that you have to account for, you know, sleep, stress, you know, whatever it is you're doing on a day-to-day basis as that pertains to your ability to push at a high level in your training. And so that's why I love to use RPE because it's saying, hey, I'm going to push at an RPE 10 of exactly where I'm at on that given day. So, you know, if I give you an RPE 10 to push at, which means you have nothing left in the tank whenever you hit your allocated, you know, your specified reps for that specific exercise. But if you're only using percentages and, you know, say you try to shoot for 80% of your one rep max that day, but, you know, some of these external factors like sleep, stress are coming into play and you're not able to hit that 80%, that strict 80% of your one rep max, then it's kind of like, you know, what do you do? So that's why I personally like to use RPE because it's basically saying, 
push at X intensity with whatever you got in that specific moment on that given day. So I think that, you know, sustainably, RPE is a much better way to gauge that progressive overload on certain exercises because it's asking you and and basically requiring of you to push at that high intensity on that specific movement of whatever energy you have in that specific day. Um, So I know that's a lot. I know we're kind of diving into some serious specifics here, um, but we just want to always help you guys set yourselves up for success when it comes to understanding that intensity and how you can gauge that intensity in your workouts. Yeah, and to give an example, I know we said we're going to share like what mistakes we've made and like what we've changed to and training with intentionality. So back in the day when I was an intern for strength and conditioning, I did percentage base. And then afterwards I realized like, okay, I can't hit that percentage and match it every day. I talked about this in a previous podcast we did too, for women, especially on your cycle, like that your strength and energy depends on where you're at. So percentage base doesn't really work for as many women. So then I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, go by the reps and sets and did not use RPE for like many, many years of my training and my body composition reflected it. I was just staying the same. And then once Zach over here took care of my training and made me use RPE base, I went from working out to training with intention and training, I feel like an athlete now. Um, And so basically now that I train with RPE, when I'm working out on my own, I strive for like eight to nine. But then when I train in front of Zach, he's always like, you can go heavier, you can go heavier. So like that just shows you that you're always stronger than you think. Because when he says you can go heavier, I'm like, no way can I hit 10 reps with this heavy of a weight. And sure enough, I do every time. So I always have him in the back of my mind saying like, you can go heavier. So whether you hear Zach's voice or you hear someone else's voice telling you to go heavier, you always are stronger than you think. And using RPE has like truly changed the game for like my body composition and my physique more than I've been training since like sixth grade. Well, I've been working out since like sixth grade, but I've only been training for the past like two years. So it's made a massive difference for me. And we went into a whole episode about that, like the five mistakes you're making in the gym, where we talk about RPE, talk about how it's changed the game for us. So if you want to listen to that full episode, you can head back a couple episodes ago for that. And I also have an RPE PDF we can give away as a freebie for you guys. If you want to leave a review for the podcast, shoot us a screenshot in the DMs for the Life Rewired podcast and we'll send you this free PDF. You can see visually like what an 8 out of 10 feels like, what a 9 out of 10 feels like. And we also have a lot of info in there on reps and reserve too, which is also very important. And we talk about that in that previous episode too. Absolutely. And to kind of dive into the next portion of you know intensity and how to get the most out of your guys' training, I really want to stress the importance of not letting yourself get involved in one specific extreme when it comes to your training. I know that this is like the opposite of what you guys see on social media and what you see people doing in their training. You know, you'll you'll see a lot of people who are solely, you know, bodybuilders where, you know, they're only doing very high volume training, focusing on specific parts of the body, specific muscle groups that they're trying to develop. Then you've got, you know, your power lifters who, you know, their main focus is strength, you know, doing all things possible to gain strength on the major compound lifts. Then you've got, you know, CrossFit, which is obviously a, a, a slew of mixed modality training. So you see all these different basically boxes. You've got these boxes in these categories of training styles. And something that I've learned over the years, you know, coming from, um, you know, the strength and conditioning world as a collegiate athlete, and then into trying to figure out kind of what my training style looked like beyond that, I have really found an awesome benefit of combining different modalities in your training in a very smart and strategic way. 
Um, you know, I think it's very beneficial to push all modalities in your training, such as, you know, progressively overloading your strength, progressively overloading hypertrophy, which basically is just a scientific word for muscle building, and then also focusing on mixed modalities. Obviously, variation in the way that you guys do cardio and endurance is going to push the body and be a very healthy stimulus for the body to really focus on you know, producing things like oxygen, pushing yourself aerobically, um, things along those lines. So I think when you guys are able to combine those things, in a sustainable way, really good shit can happen. And I, I'm seeing that with you know a lot of my clients in person, my clients online. I know with Christina and myself, you know we both kind of train in that realm. Um, but you do have to watch. I will say you do have to watch doing too much. So I think where you know a lot of I personally think a lot of you know CrossFit programs and CrossFit training kind of goes wrong is that there's way too much going on all at once you know there's not enough time spent developing certain modalities um, before kind of bringing it all together so again you guys really have to be very smart and strategic that you're not you know overtraining or doing too much by mixing all those different modalities together but that you're challenging each one of those systems of the body and each one of those training stimulus to really get the best outcome all around so you can be in the best all around you know athlete that you can be, everyday athlete that you can be. Because um, I find that to be the most important way to really develop a strong, functional, and sustainable body and, and physique and, and the ability to perform also at a high level while achieving all of those other things. So I think you know this is a really good message to send to a lot of you out there to not let yourself get into one of those boxes because you know each one of those boxes do have their limitations. You know, if you're someone who solely bodybuilds, who solely is trying to develop muscle, there's a good chance that some of those functional components such as mobility and joint range of motion might fall by the wayside. Or, you know, say you're someone who strictly does powerlifting or strictly does strength training, you probably aren't going to have the best endurance, probably going to go on a long hike and be pretty fatigued. Um, and then if you're someone you know who's only doing cardio, there's a good chance your muscle mass is going to be probably t taking a hit as well as the strength. So you guys are understanding here by me giving these examples the importance of blending all of these things together because you can really create the be most the best and most badass you that you can be. And you know I touched a little bit on it right there, talking about that idea of mobility. This is something that I got a slight taste of as a collegiate athlete um, and then became even more prevalent when my playing days ended because, you know, my body had taken a toll. My joints had been beat up. You know, when you're playing uh, collegiate football, you know, it's very intense. You know, it's very physical. Um, and so my body took a beating. And, you know, after the fact, I really had to lean into the mobility to make sure that I could sustainably train and push myself at a high level, but also feel really good doing so. So I think, you know, a lot of people get stretching and mobility confused. You know, stretching can be passive or static, but mobility truly challenges the joints full range of motion. So if you guys think of, you know, your shoulders, your hips, your back, when you perform mobility, it's very slow and controlled because the focus of mobility is to truly extend and challenge the full range of motion of that joint. So it's taking the time to work at every single 
major point of that joint throughout its full range of motion. Now, when you guys are able to do this and that mobility and that range of motion increases over time, you're then going to be able to apply that to your movements in your training where you're, you know, after doing a lot of shoulder mobility, you're going to be able to move that, that part of the body through a wider range of space, meaning you're going to create larger muscle contractions when you're performing exercises with that part of the body and in turn will grow more muscle in your body. And not only that, you're going to keep that major joint happy because it's moving the way it should. When you guys become more limited over time from lack of mobility, that's when injuries start to happen. That's when you're prone to tweaks and little aches and pains. So, you know, if a lot of you, if any of you out there, you know, follow me on Instagram, you guys have probably seen me post certain videos of me lifting a substantial amount of weight on certain movements. Um, you know, to the naked eye, some people would look at that and be like, "Oh my God, he's got to be hurting himself lifting X amount of weight." When in reality, I've spent the time progressively overloading those lifts. I've spent the time training that joint range of motion so everything can perform at a high level and lift some of that substantial weight but everything remains happy and I don't have any ramifications for it. Um, so I have been a huge proponent of using mobility every day if you can, but definitely you know as much as possible throughout the, the weeks that you guys are training because I'm telling you, it will directly apply to how well you perform in your training, but also how well you feel in everyday life. So I always want to you know reiterate and stress the fact that you guys are the product of what you do the most of in your training, just like nutrition. You guys are the product of what food you consume most of the time. So, you know, a lot of people get caught up in, oh, if I do cardio, I'm going to lose muscle. Or, hey, if I only, you know, do muscle hypertrophy or high volume, I'm just going to get, you know, big. And so just know that whatever dominates the training, yes, that will be the product of um, whatever dominates. But, that's where you guys have the power to diversify, to add variation, and to focus on more modalities than just one. And you guys will be the product of those many different things when done smart and properly. That's right. And this episode is obviously about also how to change these habits, both with training and nutrition for the summer months. So Zach and I, a couple of things that we change with like our training when summer comes, it's not like we stop lifting or like striving for strength. A lot of people think in a calorie deficit, you can't gain strength or PR. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. So we still focus on increasing the intensity, training, overworking out. And when you increase that intensity and you hit PRs, the amount of calories you burn overall, which is your TDEE, increases, which puts you in a calorie deficit, which changes your physique. So the harder you push in your training, the more your physique's going to change, the more of a calorie deficit you're in. And that can manipulate your body composition, which helps you feel that shredded like muscular look in the summer. A lot of women specifically are afraid to lift heavy because they think it's gonna make them look uh, bulky, but your nutrition is what determines if you look bulky or you look shredded. <laughs> that muscle is only built through lifting heavy and fueling your body properly. And I just posted like a meme on my story today, like you can't tone muscle, you don't have. A lot of people wanna tone muscle by doing super high reps to super low weight, but if you don't have muscle on your body, there's nothing to tone. It's just fat and <laughs> It will ultimately determines how you look is your calorie deficit and how hard 
you are training to build that muscle. Another thing we do is we'll work out on Saturdays in the winter months. We don't always do that, but if we don't have plans, like the past couple weekends have been super busy, but we still try and stay active on like a weekend day versus just taking like complete rest days. And that gets our energy expenditure, our TDEE, up a little bit higher on the weekend. So we'll go on super long walks with the dogs. We do Saturday workouts. We're gonna go film some workouts for you guys here soon. So that's another way for us to move our bodies. So just adding in one extra day, if you work out like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, just by adding in like a Saturday cardio class. That can be like a spin class with your friends. It can be a yoga class. It can be a walk or hike or bike outside now that the weather's getting nice, but just move your body more. And yeah, now we'll move on to nutrition. Um, obviously we're talking about how to change your physique with movement and training, but now we're gonna talk about with summer coming up, obviously like dieting and calorie deficits, very hot topics. So we wanna teach you guys from our mistakes per usual. That's what this podcast is all about and teach you how to do it in a very sustainable way. So obviously the main thing you wanna focus on, calories in versus calories out. A consistent calorie deficit is the only way to lose weight. I always say like the amount of calories determine your weight loss and the amount of like protein intake and macro, you know, goal food and soul food determines your body composition. And remember what you do most of the time outweighs what you do some of the time. So in the past summers I've gone through, even though, you know, I've been an online coach, personal trainer, like in the fitness space for so long, after I competed, I really fell into that like restrictive mindset and quick fix because I wanted to get that body back that I had on stage, which is not sustainable long term. But what has honestly helped me is the 80-20 lifestyle versus that all or nothing and restriction. Because if you think about it, like life's never going to stop. Just because you're quote on a diet, you're still going to have Easter weekend. You're going to have Memorial Day weekend. You're going to have Mother's Day. You're going to have vacations in the summer. And if you think about like, okay, is what I'm doing on a weekly basis and daily basis, can I repeat that when I'm in Florida? Can I repeat that when I'm in, you know, Cancun or like wherever (laughs) or when I'm with my family? And if the answer is no... You have to change something because you're not going to be able to maintain that long term. Which is why we're such a big fan of using macros and tracking your guys' intake because you can be thrown into those environments where things are different than your day-to-day and you have the blueprint, you have the tools to sustain your lifestyle of eating versus, you know, throwing a meal plan at you guys, you know, where we, you know, wrote out a bunch of different meals for you to utilize. But what happens when you go on vacation? What happens when, you know, you travel for a holiday, you know, that meal plan might fall by the wayside. But if you guys utilize, you know, the tracking of the food and the macros and understanding your caloric intake, it can set you up no matter what environment you're in. Mm -hmm. And that's when you know it's a lifestyle if you can bring it with you no matter where you are and something that helps me in the summer months Obviously, I'm in a calorie deficit right now. We're going to Scottsdale very soon So want to feel nice and lean for that, but what helps me is during the week I'll obviously stick to like 80% whole foods and 20% soul foods or like processed foods like we'll have popcorn we'll have We had a glass of wine last night. We'll have things here and there, but like most of our food intake comes from whole foods because it adds more volume and I'll get to that in a second. But then on the weekends, I'll just track calories only because once again, your weight loss is determined by your average calories on a weekly basis and how much you're burning versus how much you're eating. And if you track calories on the weekend, have a little bit more flexibility to go on date nights and go to brunch or like go to a bridal shower, whatever your weekend looks like, I hear it all from my clients and I'm just like, just track calories only. Like you will make perfectly fine progress. And then sure enough, Monday morning, instead of having that all or nothing mindset, they're able to hit a new low weigh in because they actually did something that was realistic versus me being like, you have to hit your calories, carbs, fat, protein, this meal plan. There's no way that would happen. And they just go off the rails. I've seen that happen time and time again with others and myself. So do your full macros during the week. And if you're a very social person, you want to have fun this summer, but still see that progress, just do calories only. And remember what you do most of the time outweighs what you do some of the time. 
We also are big on volume foods when we're in a cutting phase. Basically volume food is food that takes up more space for fewer calories. So an example of a volume food versus like a high calorie, low volume food would be like popcorn versus snacking on nuts. If you're sitting there eating the same amount of volume of like nuts, like even though almonds are good, but like there are certain nuts that are just like, you can't stop eating it. They have way more calories per gram than popcorn. So you can eat three cups of popcorn and it fills you up because it's a lot more volume versus snacking on like something that's super high calorie and low volume. Yeah, and that's where I think you guys, to set yourselves up for success, you guys should always kind of have a checklist when you're checking certain foods that you're about to buy at the store and checking labels and things like that. You know, Christina and I, the very first thing we're always checking, you know, is the ingredients. You know, is this filled with whole minimally processed ingredients or are we getting something that has been highly processed? And, you know, the second thing that we look for is, you know, basically the volume. You know, how much am I getting per serving um, or per package for this specific food source? And Christina just talking about the popcorn just brings up, you know, an example in my mind where, you know, we found, you know, two different popcorns that are different brands, same exact amount of popcorn, but wildly different nutrition facts, um, the wildly different amounts of calories for the volume that you get from the popcorn. So don't get green labeled. Don't just see, you know, hey, this one's popcorn, this one's popcorn, and just assume that they're the exact same um, when it comes to their nutritional value. Always be checking, you know, the ingredients as well as how much, how much bang for your buck are you getting with this specific food? Because we have been like shocked by how different um, the same foods can be just depending on what the brand is. So definitely as you guys are navigating, you know, these summer months, but at, at any time that you're navigating your nutrition, I would highly recommend always checking, you know, how much am I getting for what it, what it's offering. Yeah, and just like he said, bang for your buck, it made me think of that. Like, that's just what a volume food is. Like, you have a daily budget of calories per day, and having a high volume food that's low calories, like buying an item on sale. Like, you're saving your budget for other things. You're able to have, like, more bang for your buck versus spending your whole budget on something that, like, for example, those two popcorns, one was, like, probably, like, a kettle corn, and that has, like, more sugar, has, like, maybe something drizzled on top. Um, just the ingredients that are packed into it add more calories. So you're spending more of your budget on that versus one that's just like popcorn and sea salt. And we have ones that are good flavors. Lesser Evil is like our go-to high volume. But think about volume foods as like a item on sale for your budget of daily total calories. And I'm gonna list out here in a second a ton of um, items that are not so much worth the bang for your buck. Um, but for these summer months, um, we get asked all the time like what we're eating like meal-wise. And honestly, we eat like similar meals all year long. We have like a, a go-to menu and we shop at Costco every week. We make it easy on ourselves. We Instacarted it yesterday. So today we're not like, oh my gosh, we have no groceries. We might as well just eat out and like go all out. It's Sunday fun day. That's what a lot of people do. Um, so we set ourselves up for success and we eat the same meals like all year round, but when we're in a cut, all you have to do is just decrease the portion size that you're eating. So if you're lowering your calories little by little in a calorie deficit, just decrease the amount of carb source at your meal or the amount of fat you have in your meal. And you can have the same meals, just decrease the percentage of the foods that you're eating. And right now we're big on a high volume protein source, which is shredded chicken. I'll just put it in a crock pot with some barbecue sauce that's like very low calorie something to look out for there. Some are not low calorie. Um, and then also just like put seasoning on it, leave it in the crock pot for four hours, flip it halfway. You have shredded chicken for days and it's like less than 200 calories for like six ounces. So that helps me get in so much protein 
for a good amount of calories and then we'll make tacos with like the siete wraps for dinner we have sushi bowls with salmon very high volume we'll eat a ton of salmon um for high amount of protein not too much calories and then we'll also have like smoothies and protein oats those are like our go-to meals and those don't really change we just change the portion size based mm -hmm. on our current macros and we eat the same thing like i talked about in that podcast about what to do how to stay on track while you're dating we don't complicate things by having a different dinner every single night we eat the same thing same dinner together but just different portion sizes and that goes on into summer as well and to go into those low volume high calorie foods to kind of just you don't need to stay away from these we're not demonizing any foods but just looking at the amount you're having of these foods for your budget so things like cheese butter oils nuts seeds you'll see here these are all higher fat items and i'm we're like big fat lovers <laughs> fat is healthy for you but you just have to watch how much you're eating because while carbs and protein are four calories per gram fat is nine calories per gram that's why i said like when you're eating nuts versus popcorn the calories rack up a lot easier because those nuts have more calories per gram and per volume you'll just not get as much bang for your buck couple of other things to look out for, like we make protein pancakes pretty often, just like maple syrup, honey, those kind of things are like not a lot of volume, like one tablespoon is a lot of calories just because of the sugar. So just things to look out for. And also something I talked about with the client the other day was when you're eating fruit, if you eat raisins versus grapes, grapes, way more filling, way more volume because they're the actual whole fruit. But when they are processed and they're kind of dried up in their raisin form or any other form of like a dried fruit you're getting less volume it's a very small portion size for basically the same amount of calories versus like two cups of grapes one serving of dried fruit they just don't match up yeah and i think this is a really good time to talk about like just because something's healthy doesn't mean it just gives you a hall pass to eat however much of it you want you know i know that this is something that i struggled with in the past you know obviously you know it's gonna be really hard to do with like your fruits and your vegetables but things like the nuts and the almond butters peanut butters i think those are good examples where people you know kind of in their minds think oh this is healthy i can eat as much as i want when in reality like christina is discussing you know these are going to add up like crazy like two tiny small tablespoons of peanut butter is like 200 calories you know no one has two tiny tablespoons of peanut butter most people have spoonful after spoonful after spoonful and before you know it bang you're a thousand calories deep all from peanut butter or almond butter so those are some things you guys really have to think about and you know look at when you're navigating what to consume because just just because something may be healthy doesn't mean you can just eat all of it in the world always be mindful of overall intake mm-hmm and as we're nearing summer, obviously we're talking about like simple changes you can make. Number one is adding in volume foods um, and focusing more on micronutrients. We obviously talk a lot about macros, but micros are very important. They determine your overall energy, your immune system, your body composition. So now that I just shared like the foods to look out for, here's a lot of things you can add for high volume, lower calories um, that will help you hit protein, micronutrients along the way during your cut for summer. If you're cutting, I know not everyone's like cutting for summer, so obviously take what you need. Um, but for protein sources, like I said, shredded chicken, fish, like we eat a lot of salmon, tuna also high in protein, lower in calories. And then a simple swap. I see a lot of people send like their food logs and it's like, Hey, I can't hit my protein. And their breakfast is just like two eggs. But if you add like a cup of egg whites, you're going to crush your protein and it's so much more food in that one meal. And it's all protein. So simply adding egg whites to your eggs makes a massive difference. You can just buy like a carton 
at the store. There's many, many different brands. And also looking at like meats. I know when um, Zach and I will go through seasons where we'll eat steak and just by getting a leaner cut, you save calories and you can eat more of that food. And same with like beef versus ground turkey. If you have like a higher fat beef and then you switch it out for like a 93.7 of that beef or ground turkey, you can eat so much more, hit your protein goal and hit your calorie goal. And then for sides, if you're like making a meal out of these low calorie, high protein or high volume options, you can also use sides such as like cauliflower rice and you don't have to replace whole rice. But if you take, let's say you normally eat a cup of jasmine rice for dinner and we typically do that. But if you use half a cup of jasmine rice and then like a whole cup of cauliflower rice, you can have so much more volume and it feels like you're eating more carbs and rice, but actually you are just more volume, lower calories. Um, we also love bird's eye lentil pasta so if you're someone who loves pasta that doesn't mean you can never eat it but if you make one of these like bird's eyes just like a microwave marinara pasta but it's made out of like zucchini and it's not like those stringy like shitty zucchini noodles they're like they look like rotini pasta and you mix that in with regular pasta you're eating way more pasta for less calories you can also mix in like zucchini brussels broccoli cauliflower spinach kale all of those like green vegetables add more volume and they're higher in fiber so they keep you full for longer and give you more bang for your buck calorie wise and then for snacks fruit is an awesome way to have high volume we brought we bought like to watch movies this weekend like raspberries blueberries and that may seem like super boring but we'll eat popcorn too and we can eat all of that versus like one bag of movie theater popcorn is like the same amount of calories as all of those snacks we got for a movie night at home. So once again, ways to stay on track while you're dating, eating these foods. And then also for summer, a couple of things we always make sure to check off um, for nutrition. We drink a gallon of water just like always because um, it keeps us full, keeps us hydrated, decreases bloating and inflammation. Yeah, and I know, you know, I've been terrible about hydrating in the past. <laughs> you know, Christina knows this better than anybody, but um, something that I try to do to implement is really starting the day off heavy with the water. I know, you know, I was starting to get into the routine where my morning was kind of starting super fast. I was diving right into, you know, drinking coffee or drinking a Celsius, um, not really hydrating right away. And then getting to mid morning, starting to feel super hungry when in reality, I'm just dehydrated. And I realized over time that was kind of putting me in a process where I was overeating, over consuming when in reality, I just needed to drink some water. So something that you know I personally have been doing is really hammering the water hard. Like I don't even drink even caffeine some mornings anymore until I am like very, very much so hydrated. And so I find that that actually gives me energy. You know, instead of just slamming myself with caffeine, you know, right when I wake up, I really start hitting my blender bottle that I use for water. You know, hard. It's like. I think like 16 ounces it fits in there, maybe a little bit more. And I just make sure to you know drink as many of those as possible throughout the morning while I'm on my feet training clients. And then, you know, when I do start to feel that energy dip a little bit, I will then introduce some of that caffeine. And I know I can definitely, you know, fast a little bit longer on the front end um, when I do those things because I'm hydrated. Um, and I'm feeling really good in the morning versus, you know, starting the day off right away with caffeine, feeling hunger when in reality, it's probably just my body telling me that I'm dehydrated. So however you guys go about getting that water in, I know Christina has a, a big ass jug that she uses that is truly like almost a gallon it's in and of itself. With a straw, which Yeah, a, a half <laughs> gallon. Um, so however you guys kind of attack that, 
Just know that a lot of the times that you guys feel hungry and a lot of the times you start to feel cravings, it's probably because you're dehydrated. And I know this for a fact because I work with a lot of people who are super busy, on the go, um, constantly go, go, go. And I have to always remind them constantly, you know, drink water, keep pounding the water, especially during our sessions together, because I know before and after (laughs) they might struggle a little bit to get it in. So I'm always hammering that with my clients. And I know that it's a thing, you know, that I personally have struggled with in the past. So you guys just have to find these ways to really set yourself up for success. Being hydrated is seriously a game changer, guys. You know, I've, like I said, become even more aware of it now that I start the day with it. I actually find that it gives me the energy that I would normally get from the caffeine to start the day. And it just helps me feel so much better throughout the day as I get into the hours of when I pers- when I train myself and when I'm on the feet with my clients all morning. So huge, huge game changer as, as insignificant as the hydration and the water seems. I promise you guys it will be a benefit to you if you can focus on doing that as a fundamental in your daily routine. Exactly. And I'll kind of explain how I hit my whole like half gallon. I have, everyone's different. Like some people like smaller water bottles. They can just like rack up a ton throughout the day. I like to have like two half gallons a day and how I like crush my first one is I'll pour from it first thing in the morning. I'll fill it up or you can do it the night before, put it in the fridge, drink water before anything. And then I pour from my water bottle into my huge cup to put my greens in there. So a lot of people are like, I cannot hit my water. And I'm like, okay, are you taking supplements? pre-workout, BCAAs, or you're taking greens. Not that supplements are required, but you're, you can pour from your water intake into those supplements. And then in between my sets at the gym, I work out first thing in the morning. So I'll have water, I'll have greens, I'll walk the dogs, I'll drink my pre-workout and I'll hit the gym. And I make sure by the time I leave, this first half gallon is gone. And I leave the gym by nine. Like I walk on the treadmill, start work and stuff, but not there forever but at the same time in between each like superset i'll drink water and i treat it like almost like it's part of my superset like i hit one exercise i hit the next while i'm resting i'm chugging water and just keeping track of like the weights i'm using like looking at my rps and like preparing for the next set but i treat it like a tricep almost with drinking water and then by the time i'm gone i already have half a gallon down it's 9 a.m so if you're having a hard time hitting your water goal be intentional with your rest periods be intentional with your supplements and make sure you drink water first thing in the morning. And while we're on the topic of drinking, um, something else we change as we are preparing for summer, it was a huge game changer for us this summer versus like the past two summers we've been dating. It's just not cutting out drinking altogether. Like we said last night, we had some wine at dinner, but we used to like go hard <laughs> to be honest. When we first started dating, we would get margarita pitchers. We would drink a bottle of wine instead of just like one glass each. And just by having that moderation, like liquid calories do add up, like what you get in your coffee, what you get in your alcohol. So just be mindful. Alcohol is not considered a macronutrient, but it has seven calories per gram. Getting very technical with you guys today, but it adds up. So if you're drinking like white claws, you're drinking wine, like you may think it's like low carb because it doesn't say it on the label, but those calories come from somewhere and you have to take account for it. So I would rather, I've gotten to a phase where I'd rather eat my calories than drink them. And it's really changed my physique. I look leaner because my habits reflect the lifestyle I'm living now versus past two summers. I was kind of balancing out my habits by like going really hard on the weekends drinking, but eating healthy Monday through Friday. Yeah. Don't act like the liquid calories don't count because they definitely do. Yes. And I also always remind people of this too, just because it's not in my fitness pal doesn't mean it doesn't show up in your progress. If you wake up Monday morning and you're checking in with yourself, you're checking in with a coach and you're frustrated that you didn't see progress. Like did you log all your alcohol? Did you hit your water goal? Those two things make a massive change in your body composition and the weight on the scale. If you're in a weight loss phase, Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So, um, yeah, guys, I think, uh, you know, for any of you out there who are struggling with, you know, your training or your nutrition in general, you know, reach out to us. You know, we are, we're obviously busy. We work with a lot of people, um, who do in fact pay us, but we will, um, you know, give out advice as needed. And I know, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, I personally talked a whole lot about like training variation and how to add in those different modalities. And I would love, you know, on this podcast to dive in like, okay, what is a given day or week or month kind of look like when it comes to, you know, how my training should look. That might be what some of you are thinking. So, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I'm, I'm definitely open to giving you guys, you know, feedback, um, quick feedback where, when and where I can when it comes to really optimizing your training. I put out a lot of content on my Instagram on how to really optimize your training, how to know your training properly and at the proper intensity and everything in between. So always feel free, you know, to reach out with any questions you guys have. I know Christina is an open book as well. Again, we have people we work with, but we're obviously always willing to help you guys out when and where it makes sense. So keep an eye out this summer too, as we post about training availability. I know a lot of you listen, like maybe current clients, but if you're somebody who wants to work with us, we'll be posting some very fun things coming up soon. (laughs) Absolutely. So yeah, be sure to share this podcast we love when you guys share with your main takeaway from today's episode so be sure to tag us share it we have the life rewired instagram below as well as both of our personal instagrams and then once again as i mentioned above like if you want that rpe freebie um if you guys just leave us a review on the podcast and share this episode shoot a screenshot we will send you over that free training and once again we're always here if you guys need us absolutely guys so don't forget to like subscribe and leave us a review We appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful week and peace out.